Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show where we talk about things we like that's good that we like them and we're into. It's a podcast by two marrieds like yeah. us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do you have any clue as to what our son is going to be for Halloween this year? Wow. Um, we've kicked around a few ideas. I brought we've... up a few things with him. But he doesn't seem committed to anything yet. He doesn't, which is surprising because it's almost the end of September. I feel like typically mid-July, we're already, Uh you know, emailing with Spirit Halloween. Last year he was Sonic, right? Last year he was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah, from the video game series Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And the books. (laughs) <laughs> the novelizations of Sonic the Hedgehog films. Uh huh. Um, we've had you know some some classic uh, some classic stuff from him. I feel like this year we've talked a lot about Ash Ketchum, uh, who he calls oh. Ash Ketchums, which is <laughs> great. It reminds me of the Key and Peele sketch. Does he know that you have also been Ash Ketchum for Halloween? No, I did. I was, wasn't I? And in fact, I was Pikachu and I was pregnant with him. That's right. And people brought up a lot of sort of confusing <laughs> imagery that we had maybe introduced into the Ash Ketchum's Pikachu's. I bet pregnant Pikachu oh, yeah. will get you some stuff on, I on the internet. I think Pikachu will, you know, buy a, buy a carton of milk at the grocery store. <laughs> I bet you there's lots of, lots of results for that one. I bet you Ash Jeeves is like, oh, this this again, huh? No problem. I have a button, actually. I have a macro set up. The thing we have noticed that's really kind of frustrating about uh, the world of Pokemon, at least what we can access here in the the Western part of the world, is that a lot of it is for adults. Yeah. And it is difficult to find clothing items and and costumes so frustrating. that fit a child. Or yeah, we Henry really wanted a Pokémon jacket and I was like, "No problem, Nintendo, you got me." And Nintendo was like, "I got you." And I was like, <laughs> you what, about specifically? My, "What about my little my small wiry son and they're like "Ooh, mm. we don't know about that can he wear a big shirt like pajamas uh anyway thanks for nothing uh we got there though we, we, got, we did get henry a pokemon jacket uh that he loves and a pair of pikachu headphones and together when we had ordered them and he knew they were coming at the end of the week he was like i can't wait to get my hands on that pokemon drip and yeah that made me feel so proud yeah. To have a son like him. Yeah. The other day, he, I believe he was wearing a few pieces of Sonic outfit. Yeah. Like a hoodie and, and a shirt or something. And he did refer to it as his drip. I love this. <laughs> I didn't teach him that. That's great. Of course I didn't. I know you didn't. So no. that's great. No, I don't know that I've ever heard you. Refer to drip? As yeah, an outfit choice as your drip. No, no. I mean, if anything, for me, it's more like droop. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you have a small honor. Hey, you got any small honors? I I think I can I can address this here. Okay, uh, and that is my enthusiasm for the Golden Bachelor, which is coming very very soon. Yeah, we've I've got a lot of fingers crossed for this one. Um, a lot of what I have found to be challenging about the franchise, I am, I am hopeful will not be present in the Golden Bachelor. Yes. And I can return to a franchise that once brought me so much joy. I think maybe that's tonight actually, or maybe it was last night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I am cautiously optimistic, but I'm not optimistic. I'm, I don't think it'll be very good, but I'll probably, we'll watch it. 
Uh, we yeah. have dipped into, let's say, a bit of senior romantic programming <laughs> this year between Love Village and Love After Divorce. We mentioned this last week, I think. I don't know that we did in the context of, uh, I mean, we've talked about our dalliance with with Korean reality television programming. Yeah. Uh, Love Village, I believe, was, was a, a Japanese show. Um, but it it is a different spice when the people are, you know, a older set than you get yeah. in the, the the Bachelor franchise typically. So yeah. I'm, I'll be curious to see. I mean, these people, they got, their priorities are different. They're at a different place in their lives. Hopefully they can handle their liquor pretty well at this point. You would hope so, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, You know how sometimes on Bachelor and Bachelorette, they'll bring out like an old person from the limo and then the, another yeah. a young person will like, come out and like, ah, I got you. This is my grandma. I wonder if we'll do that in reverse. We're just like. Oh, that's fun. A young woman will get out. No, I feel like if a young woman walked into the house that the Golden Bachelor lived in, she would be she would be destroyed <laughs> summarily by everybody else that is there. <sighs> that would not go down smooth on that. Yeah, I mean, for those of you that enjoyed when we did Rose Buddy, for a long time, we also enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And I, I do yearn for a time when I can talk about a reality show similar to that you know, and, and feel okay about oh, it. Oh, I'll talk about Love After Divorce all day long. We just polished that bad boy off uh, last night. Season finale dropped on Sunday. I'll go ahead and make that my small wonder. Here we go, back door. <laughs> uh, it, it turned out pretty good, I think. It, it certainly, uh, it was a, the, the pace was a bit slow for my Well, taste. it's not finished yet. It's not finished, is it? Yeah. Oh my, yes. Yeah. So we, we don't got even a, know. A we are. Surprise, a we are now. Surprise. Yeah, we are now caught up so that we are not able to access the newest episodes yet. We have We've to wait. We've been watching it weekly every Sunday. Yeah. when New episodes drop. We made the assumption, shit. like a lot of people would, I think, that the show ends after their exciting week in Cancun. But there seems to be the suggestion that they will live together, and we will watch that too. Which is great. That show. If you didn't hear us talk about it the first time, a bunch of d- divorcees live together in a house and go on dates and some of them fall in love we got a few successful pairings out of the set and they very slowly intentionally reveal information which is cool so like at a certain point the show runners will decide that they can tell each other what their age is or how many kids they have which is a big one which allows you to play along at home and and think like all right i'm gonna guess that this person really was fun because we were (laughs) quite wrong we were always wrong pretty much pretty much every single point of data like oh that guy's 27 i'm 46 what the fuck um That person's got maybe no kids. Although I think three we, kids. I oh, think we shit. were pretty right on who had kids, though. I don't think so, man. There were some surprises in there. We're not going to spoil it for the folks yeah. at home, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I am enjoying that show. I can't wait to watch the people be taken out of this, this environment, this paradise mm-hmm. of uh, Playa del Carmen. And- I think, I think what I will say about the Golden Bachelor. That w- that is not present in a lot of the other reality shows we've been watching recently is that kind of like producer manipulation, and I am hoping that that happens less with Who these knows, man. people on this show. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, reality TV it's popping. You go first this week. <laughs> yeah, Survivor also starts back up this week. You know, I follow a lot of Survivor contestants uh on instagram and it's just so exciting to watch everybody a buzz a buzz with excitement 
Do we know, are there any like new gimmicks or twists or? They all get knives. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jeff has started to say guys again. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very specific joke. <laughs> that the survivor head, I know there's probably For a lots very of survivor heads out there. <laughs> Oh, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thanks. It's a good joke. What's, what's, what's on the plate today? I'm hungry. I wanted to talk this week about leggings. Leggings. I leggings. have no feelings about this. You are one of the few people that can say that. Okay. Uh, this is, this is, uh, um, hmm. Let me, hmm. Hmm. There's a few places I can start. One thing I will say is that obviously during the pandemic when I didn't have to go in front of people very often, I chose comfort, and often that meant I chose leggings. Okay. Uh, and now it is difficult to choose anything else. Are you describing the ensemble you're wearing right now as that is that leggings? Yes. I, I guess I don't know what the difference is between when we were kids, and tighter pants. They were called stretch pants. Does this seem familiar to you, or is this maybe a regional thing? I mean... When I was a kid, most of the pants I wore did stretch. And so... <laughs> well, there's sweatpants, which are looser, and then there's a legging, which tends to cling more. Yeah, it's the cling, I think, that gets it, that does it for me, or rather doesn't do it, doesn't do it for me on me, <laughs> does do it for me on you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The other thing I will say is that now that I have actually started to participate in fitness, I yeah. appreciate the... Uh, uh, utility of leggings. Oh, I bet. Um, in that I am able to move my body in a lot of ways. Yeah. And also, um, for a, a curvier woman, the the thigh rub is non-existent with the legging. Interesting. I don't think I about that. I didn't think about that either. One time when I went to the gym, I wore just regular shorts and I got, not regular, like, like a, like a street short. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel rolled up in her street short and her deck. What's up? <laughs> you guys use the internet. <laughs> I'm picturing like those like like Bugs Bunny Taz graphics where like uh -huh. the hats on backwards uh -huh. and their street shorts. Oh shit! Hide your vape. Here comes Street Rachel. <laughs> no, I'm talking about an athletic short, but like one that like doesn't provide any kind of like thigh protection. And when you're running, like you do get you do get a little chafing. Yeah, you know. And so anyway, so the legging. Not just comfortable, protects you while you're running. It does sound valuable. Mm -hmm. I that is an issue for me. Why I exercise is like down there. Yeah, it's a mess. You you were talking about the lining and yes. how the lining is useful to you. It's a similar I thing. I like the support I receive mm -hmm. from a from a street short lining. Um <laughs> just to sort of like contain the zone. Yeah. So I can so I can focus on my rowing and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, leggings. I probably should have realized that if I was going to talk about an article of women's clothing, I was going to end up talking about how people had opinions about it. Okay. <laughs> um, there was a lot, like 2010s, I feel like, is when people started really talking about leggings and whether or not it was acceptable as fashion. To wear, like, out in the, yeah. Out in the world? Yeah, yeah, okay. there's this whole, like... I don't know. It's interesting because I find myself like feeling insecure about it too, of this idea of whether you can wear athleisure in the world and it's acceptable if you are not participating in fitness. And then like reading this article, so Vox did this article in 2019 uh, called A Decade of Leggings Controversy Explained. Oh, that's great. <laughs> 
Uh, that's they, service journalism. <laughs> that's inspiring. Where they talk a lot about like just the general policing of women's bodies sure. uh, and and how this kind of represents that, where people are, are suddenly very obsessed about whether or not leggings are appropriate. And then you kind of realize like, why why is this even a yeah. topic? Um, and I feel like I remember this conversation taking place sometimes before COVID. And then when COVID happened yeah, and nobody true. saw anybody for two that's years, very true. nobody gave a shit anymore. That's very true. And a lot of it, too, is just kind of the advances in leggings. Um, okay. I read about kind of in like the 2010 period when you started seeing like leggings like three for $10 at like a wet seal or a Forever 21. They're very cheaply made. And it was it was like you would stretch them and you could basically see through them. Okay. And so there was a lot of like concern among people about like whether or not girls should be able to wear them to school because they're stretchy and you can see <laughs> stuff. Sure. <laughs> Little iotas of skin. And yeah. You know. um, but the like the. The dawn of leggings, um, from what I can tell, um, are you buckled in for this? I'm just imagining one ape strangling another <laughs> ape with a pair of leggings and then all the other apes like jumping up and down and like a primal celebration. There is there is like a world of fashion that I am obviously very disconnected from. Um, and so whenever you talk about a fashion trend, there's always people that can like pinpoint it. Okay. Uh, apparently, there was a Vogue photo shoot of Edie Sedgwick, who was like one of Andy Warhol's yeah, sure. big models and was an actress, and she did a photo shoot in leggings. I feel like I know this photo shoot. Really? I feel like, yeah. I feel like if I conjure an image of Edie Sedgwick in my head, there's just one, and it's this this mm-hmm. photo shoot. It is, yeah. it is somewhat iconic. And then the 70s, it was like Olivia Newton-John in Greece. Sure. Uh, the 80s, Olivia Newton-John again. <laughs> Grease 2. <laughs> well, in a fitness context, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't think actually she was in Grease 2. Uh, <laughs> and then the phase I mentioned where all of a sudden it was like you could get leggings super cheap at yeah. like mall stores and whatever. And then, of course, Athleisure blew up. Uh, and then like every celebrity had their own line. Like Kate Hudson obviously has Fabletics. And then obviously, the, obviously, everyone knows this. <laughs> if you had asked me, Griffin, what is Kate Hudson's athleisure brand called? I would, of course, said Fabletics. Uh, Beyonce, I guess, had an activewear line in 2016. Reebok had Gigi Hadid. Wait, Beyonce had a fitness wear line? She may still. I don't know. I was going to say, it doesn't seem like Beyonce has failed projects <laughs> that are out there um there's any number of, of celebrities that you know have have their own type of leggings selena gomez was in there right. um just a lot of people and it became just a really kind of like a, a fashionable thing like a Does trendy selena gomez thing. have a sweater line uh and then yeah i mean throughout all of this people are like just issuing their concerns about leggings uh, a lot of them, as I mentioned, was in schools. Sure. Um, you know, any kind of like uh, dress code, you know, is usually designed in a way to isolate some some group of people. Right. Uh, and and it, but what is awkward and terrible is when these people are called to defend their decisions, yeah. and you realize just how like poorly constructed they are. Yeah. So, for example, in 2013, a 
California junior high principal called an assembly of 450 girls between the ages of 12 and 14 and stressed to them that they were not allowed to wear leggings without a dress or skirt over them. She later told ABC News, when girls bend in leggings, the thread spread, and that's really when it becomes a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's so clinical. <laughs> Just to see people and that's like... that's where the issue lies. Uh, there's another example, um, a Republican state representative from Montana made headlines when he said that yoga pants should be illegal in public. Okay. And attempted to redo his state's indecent exposure laws to prohibit any clothing that, quote, gives the appearance or stimulates butts, genitals, pelvic areas, or women's nipples. I mean, I'll decide <laughs> yeah, what right? stimulates What's my stimula- butt. What stimulates my, <laughs> hey, guess what? Jinko jeans stimulate my butt. Got you. <laughs> Loophole, Congressman. Uh, 2017, there's the big story, United Airlines. You you probably remember this. United Airlines barred two young girls from getting onto the airplane because they were wearing leggings. Jesus Christ. Which is supposedly in violation of a dress code that the airline wrote specifically for its employees and their children. And it's their children? Yeah, so that was Why the did thing. United Airlines get to decide what these two people, I guess, were children of employees, and when they Jesus fly for free, Christ. they have to like wear a certain. What a creepy hill to die on, United. I know, I know, I know. And then, of course, like Delta came out, like we don't care about like you know, like nasty. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, then like a lot of like college, like, you know, there's always been this issue about like college kids dress too slouchy when they go to class and we need to be training them to be professionals in the world. And they should. Whoever gives it, no one gives a shit. I don't know. And you remember, like, I remember those people that actually came to class real dressed up and it was like, you had this impression that they were taking it super seriously. But then you remember like, oh, wait, none of that actually impacts your ability. (laughs) Like, it isn't like. Anyway. Also, literally no one at Marshall. Like, literally, I never saw anyone at Marshall. Like, The only dress people up. who did were like, uh, you always knew in the journalism school at Marshall who was about to anchor MU Report, oh, which was our like, yeah. TV, like local TV news thing, because they would come dressed up. And that was it. That was it. Oh, and there was a big, so I went to... Mizzou, uh, and there's a big Greek life community. And if I remember correctly, I feel like that was a thing. Yeah. On like a certain day of the week or something, they were supposed to wear ties. I don't remember. Anyway, it's like a thing, but it's not common. No. Um, so I, I will just end by saying, so this article in Vox talks about um, – Somebody from The Atlantic, uh, Derek Thompson, spoke to University of Nevada fashion historian Deirdre Clemente, who told him that leggings as pants are not just about the rise of synthetic fibers or the trend of performative wellness culture, but a century-long journey towards a culture of casual. 100 years ago, you would have day clothes for the street, dinner clothes for the restaurant, theater clothes, and so many genres of dress. These barriers have come down. Athleisure is the ultimate breaking down Uh of barriers. Uh-oh. I don't have most of those. <laughs> no, but I like it. I like thinking about it that way of like th- this is an evolution. Like this is a like a, like I mentioned like a utility of like 
we don't need to have specific clothes for particular events in our yeah. lives, you know, and, and that if you are comfortable and if you feel good about the way you look like that should be acceptable in any environment. I love that this conversation is taking place at the U.S. House of Representatives right now as well. I don't know if you have followed the the news, but they have adopted a a, a more casual dress. No, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like this, this sesh. Um, it seems so antiquated to me. And it's, I mean, it's definitely, there's like, there's a class thing, there's a race thing, there's a lot of complications of to course. this, like gender, as I mentioned. Uh, but it's just, just to be having these conversations, to be so advanced in so many areas and to still be like, is it okay if women wear this kind of pants? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Anyway, super comfortable. I like them. I find them useful. I really never want to wear anything else. Yeah. I have tried wearing jeans for an entire day. I can't do it anymore. No. It hurts the f- flesh. I will take a jean. I will bring it into the world. As soon as I return, I will take off. Well, jean. and if it gets wet, forget about it. It was raining this morning. My jeans oh. got a little bit wet. I'm uh-huh. still wearing them and it sucks and it has sucked the whole day. Yeah. And I should just go put some leggings on. You should. But I don't I would, I would love to see you in some leggings. I mean, I have some sleep pants that are- Clingy? Clingy. Yeah. And they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of compliments from, I guess, just you. <laughs> Can I steal you away? Yeah. Thanks. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different (laughs) now? It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible 
that's um they're for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Uh, this is Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun. And it's very exciting because what do we talk about? Comedy. Stand up comedy. We both do stand up comedy and have since the dawn of well, Christ. Well, Jackie. Is that offensive? It is offensive to me because you've aged me. <laughs> uh, we started in the late 80s and we're still here. You can't kill us. So go to The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun and listen to that. Jackie and Lori Show. New episodes Monday, only on MaximumFun.org. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. You ready for this? Is that your topic? No, I could, though. I could probably improvise that one right off of the dome. No, I'm going to talk about Keepy Yuppie. Oh! We, when we are trying to get our two children, who have a four-year age gap between them, yes. to be active and play together when it is raining outside. Yes, this weekend was a real challenge. was a real challenge. Very rainy through the whole weekend. We did some uh, indoor stuff. Uh, and, and that was fine, but we had long stretches. We were just at home trying to get them to be active and, and entertain each other and play with each other. And if you got a balloon and a big enough open space, baby, here you got keepy uppy possibilities. Can I ask, did you call it or hear it called that before we saw Bluey? Yes. Really? Yes. So in, in my house, in my experience... We worship the Lord, and <laughs> I've only ever played with a balloon. If you Google Keepy Uppy, you will, of course, get that one episode of Bluey that I believe was like the third episode ever of Bluey was them playing Keepy Uppy. There's also a Keepy Uppy Bluey board game, which is a lot of words to have to say back to back <laughs> like that. We, um, like, of course, I have played this game. I'm aware of this game. I love this game. I sure. don't know that we called it anything. Just balloons, balloons. Just let's hit a balloon around. Yeah. Um, well, if you Google Keepy Uppy, you find Bluey, and then you find a bunch of results about soccer or football, if you will. Uh, because oh. Keepy Uppy, I guess, is a term more commonly used to refer to juggling a soccer ball with just your feet and shoulders oh. and head and chest and legs, uh, anything but the hands. When we play Keepy Uppy balloon style with children, hands is acceptable. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking about Hacky Sack. And now, how... Hacky Sack is also a part of this Keepy Uppy tradition. I well, would count Hacky Sack as Keepy Uppy. It's interesting how uh, 
how I feel comfortable just calling that hacky sack, but I wouldn't ever just say like balloon. Yeah. Do you, do you want to do you want to play balloon with me? That's interesting. <laughs> um, do you want to play balloon with me? <laughs> Would have been a really strong <laughs> intro f- for when we met. I feel like if at the concert we met at, you were like, hey. Do you want to balloon with me? I would have definitely said yes and been down for sure. Um, I I like soccer ball. seems really hard. Straight up. That seems too hard for me. I like balloon cupy uppy because you can play it with kids and it's accessible. I feel like if you if you had a room full of children, like at a birthday party or something, and they were all bored and you just tossed a balloon in there and you were just like, keepy uppy, you could run away. Yeah. And just be you good for like a half hour at least. Yeah, no. In that moment when they were playing with the balloon, I thought, why do we even buy toys? Why do we buy toys? Why do we do anything? <laughs> why but don't we just have a house full of balloons? Because they get so into it. All of a sudden, not letting this balloon touch the ground becomes the world's. I most know. Important. We really had to talk Henry down for a while because he would get very frustrated with Gus because Gus didn't understand the rules, and then the balloon would fall, and Henry would be outraged and would be like, "It, you know, it's going to be okay." Yeah, he's chill about it now. <laughs> he has but chill. Also, Gus has gotten better, and Gus True. has also gotten very intense about this. And I will say, every other thing else on <laughs> Earth. Um, the soccer ball version of Keepy Uppy has a lot of world records associated with them that I'm going to tell you about because they're absolutely wild. Uh, for soccer, Keepy Uppy, the player can use feet, legs, chest, shoulders, and head. Uh, the official record for the longest someone kept a soccer ball Keepy Uppy. Can I guess? Let me tell you, is by Victor Erickson, who just won the record just earlier this year, June 2023. How long? Did he keep a soccer ball off the ground? <laughs> said, Not touches? You said 2023. Like, I would be like, okay, well, historically. No, I just wanted to impress <laughs> upon you that this is hot off the presses. This is very recent. I'm not talking about number of touches, the duration. The duration. The I mean, touches would be impossible for me to guess. I have no idea on that. But I'm going to say duration. I'm going to say seven hours. 28 fucking hours. Whoa. Victor Erickson did that this past summer for 28 hours. He beat the previous record by eight and a half fucking hours. That's so impressive, Victor. You know what I'm going to ask, right? What's that? How did he? How did he poop poop and pee? Yeah. Probably just didn't. Or he did. (laughs) And it was bad. One of the two. It was bad. He was just like, everyone, please leave the room. Honor system. You can hear me. You can continue to hear me. It's just, I don't want you to see what happens next. Or diaper. Or diaper. But even diaper, like you're doing some stuff in there while keeping a soccer ball up off the ground that I do not think would be helpful. I don't want to think about that anymore. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm already there. You're already right there. Another fun <laughs> wild record. In August 2016, Abraham Munoz uh, ran the entire 26-mile Mexico City Marathon in 5 hours, 41 minutes, and 52 seconds, which is probably faster than I could do it while not playing keepy uppy. But what Abraham did was play keepy uppy and keep a ball off the ground for all 26 miles of it, which boggles the mind um were other people in that race with them and like how confusing would it well have been? and like how would you 
control because I imagine people like aren't paying attention and they're like running right next Good to you. Question. And you'd have to be like on your left, on your left, keeping a soccer ball off the ground. He didn't let the ball hit the ground for all 26 miles. Wild. Not the longest distance covered in January 2010. Uh, Dan Magnus was playing uh, keepy up. He played keepy up for 30 miles visiting the stadiums of every Premier League team uh, in London in the process, just in a circuit. That's so long a distance to ambulate, let alone kick a soccer ball around. In 2020, Imogene Papworth Heidel performed 1,123,586 touches over 195 days to raise money for charity. Obviously not in one long stretch, uh, but still that's a tremendous number of times to make a soccer ball hit your body. Um, So there's obviously a big connection to Hacky Sack here, which could be played communally, albeit with a much, much smaller ball. Interestingly enough, Keepy Uppy has historical roots. In Japan, during the Heian period, uh, court nobles and other members of the aristocratic class played a game called Kamari, which is basically hacky sack, like Team Keepy Uppy, uh, where you only use your feet to juggle a ball, keep a ball in the air. The ball is like soccer ball sized, but it's hacky sack sort of consistency, like it's full of barley. I imagine it's quite a heavy ball, uh, but they kick it around and it was considered a very fancy and dignified game that was in fashion for like a wicked long time, uh, really until sumo wrestling became more popular in the Sengoku period. Uh, in the 14th century, Kimari was like codified into an art form called uh, Kimarido, which was taught to like the aristocratic class alongside poetry and like tea ceremonies. Huh. So it was like expected for you to be very good at hacky sack yeah. if you belong to a certain class uh, during that period of time. Can I, can I ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you have been asked to hacky sack? Or- of course. What is that experience like for you? I kick it in the air once, and I'm like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. And then my second kick makes it go in some wild direction, (laughs) and I'm like, I can save this, and then I don't save it. I think I have never been asked to hacky sack. You've never, like, been walking down the quad and, like, a a wayward ball leaves its little druid circle? I have have watched hacky sack. I have tried to hacky sack on my own uh, in, in the privacy of, you know, my own space. I don't know that I've ever been in a circle yeah. and been like, all right, we're doing this. I think I have avoided it my whole life. It was a uh, reward you could exchange tickets for at the pub, which was our local arcade. And I would get a hacky sack quite often because it was only like 200 tickets. You know, I was always fucking rolling and I'm, and then I would go out with my group of theater friends and be like, hey guys, look what I got, hacky sack. And then I would kick it to someone and it would like hit them in the thigh and then they'd be like, we're done. That was the thing is that I I always felt like if it's kind of like slacklining and that you see people do it and they seem pretty good at it. Uh, and then there's there's nowhere for a beginner like me to jump in. You know, that's not true. I bet there's I bet you could slackline. No problem. Oh, yeah. I think you'd be good at it. <laughs> uh, you can still watch people play Kimari today uh, because during some festivals in the Kansai region, folks get dressed up in costumes like resembling Heian period aristocrats uh, and they play Kimari at Shinto shrines. Uh, and folks gather around to watch them. And it basically just looks like a bunch of. <laughs> Fancy bros kicking a big hacky sack around, and it kind of kicks ass to see. Yeah, it, I would be curious about that. Uh, there's, I, I watched some YouTube videos of it, and it's delightful to watch people in like really ornate regalia 
playing hacky. (laughs) It's very, very good. Uh, It's just, it's fun to kick a ball around to people. It's fun to keep a balloon off the ground with children and have them hit it back to you in turn. And I just love... I love how many cultures across human civilizations have realized that. It yeah. is what I love about like games, particularly sort of folk games, which I guess you could lump this into that category yeah. of just like independently so many people realize like, hey, it's actually pretty fun to do this thing. Yeah. And then it just has all these different forms across you know, all, all, all of civilization. We thought for sure because the, the two things that are, are able to unite our our children of very differing age is the balloon yeah. and also the trampoline. Yeah. So we thought we'll bring a balloon out to the trampoline and it floated away so many just times, instantly. just constantly. Hey, you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Here's a message from Alex who says, bouldering is my new favorite sport to watch. It's athleticism meets puzzles multiplied by the tension of plummeting back to earth at any moment. Plus all the competitions are free on YouTube. I actually have a couple of friends who are like very into bouldering and it's it is a wild scene. Yeah. It is a wild scene to see people like put a rock on the ground the size of a paperweight and then they're like check this shit out and then they just like go up on it on like four fingers to just showcase their <laughs> tremendous Digital yeah, strength. I remember when when we were in Austin, there was like a rock climbing gym and then like a bouldering gym, and yeah. it was like very clear these are these are different skills, these are different communities, uh, with like different challenges, and it's kind of fascinating to me to think about like these seem like they'd be the same thing, but they are very much not. I also don't know anyone who's kinda into bouldering. <laughs> it's true. That's <laughs> true. Seems like an all or nothing sort of sport, which mm-hmm. I guess you know. I watched Free Solo. I get it. Yeah, right? You're. I mean, you know, just in the same way that I'd be good at slacklining, you'd probably be good at bouldering. Uh, I mean, we did go to that. I mean, we went to a rock climbing uh, place that was mostly for kids, but I did pretty good <laughs> at it. Uh, Mia says, my small wonder is the Big Brother season 25. It's been a chaotic, wilding, seas- uh, wilding season with great players and a guest player, Sari Fields from Survivor. It's been a great way to get through my year, and I've been sharing it with my partner. Yeah. Full Your parents are very big. They do, this. and my my dad did make a point to tell me that Sari was on it. All right. Which, like, if anything was going to entice me, that would be it. Yeah. Uh, but no, we still haven't watched You're it. not. I think it's I I worry that if we put one more big reality franchise True. on our plate the whole thing's going to fucking topple over. True. Um did love Sari in Traders. Can't wait for yeah, season 2. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hot shit. Who did you tell me was on it? They just announced the cast for Traders season oh, 2. Oh, Sandra? Oh, it's yeah. It's going to be on it, which I think will be interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thank you so much to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there, like Stop Podcasting Yourself and The Flop House, and so many more over at MaximumFun.org. We have other stuff over at McElroy.Family. We have links to shows that we're doing in Philly and New York next month. We've got new merch over at McElroyMerch.com. Uh, Going to add some more there as soon as October rolls around, which will be in just a few days. So check back there for that. And um, we have a YouTube channel, The McElroy Family, where we're doing streams all the time. And and you guys you a, guys have like, uh, you know, with the... Uh, uh, the oh, mm. You'll get there. The TikTok. <laughs> wow! Wow! 
I don't, we're not going to say anything better than what just happened. So let's just stop there. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.